You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 387, we're discussing our most influential movies of all time. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Ian. Ian, my friend, welcome back to the Nerd Room. Welcome to everyone out there listening. We are thrilled to have you back here in the Nerd Room to talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. But... This week's going to be a little different. Every so often, we like to take a pause on our weekly programming and do something a little different. And this week, we're going to be talking about something a bit more specific, and it's the most influential movies of all time, according to Ian and myself. Now, if you were to go into any sort of most influential movie list of all time, you're going to see things like Casablanca... Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz, even things like Jaws and Star Wars and Avatar, even when you're talking from a technology perspective. Mm-hmm. But this episode and what we're talking about is the movies that have influenced us most personally. So something that we've seen, we've experienced, and it caused a very noticeable pivot in our lives. That's what we're going to be talking about this week. And we want you guys to follow along with this and also tell us your most influential movies of all time. That was a bit of a tongue twister for me to get off here. But before we get into our topic for this week, Ian, we're taking a pause mm-hmm. on the day-to-day, on the news bits and pieces, and we're talking about movies. But, man, how are you feeling? How are you feeling this week? Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting week for me, man. It's uh, It's been a bit of a slow one in terms of nerd. There hasn't been that much big things yeah, going on. Slow. You know, I've been Except watching... Dune too. Well, Dune Dune 2, people got the early fan screenings where, you know, I've been very envious. Um, But yeah, it's just been great seeing just the hype that's coming from that movie. You know, that's like my most anticipated of the year, uh, as mentioned before. And just, man, everybody's loving that movie. The reviews are insane. The things that people are saying, insane. Um, Nico over Vigilante, 1939, like some of the stuff that he's been saying about this movie, uh, even saying it could be his favorite movie of all time um is is madness and one of my favorite movies arrival of denis villeneuve uh i never thought would be able you know to be taken off the top spot but it looks like this one's a a biggie man that's that's big and it actually ties really nicely into the topic for this week with the most influential movies like and i and i want to kind of say that right now is we're not talking about our favorite movies it's most influential so it'd be interesting to talk to nico down the road to see did this have a noticeable pivot or a change that it's affected and cascaded through his life? But yeah, that, guy, that guy would just choose Raimi movies, man. Like those, <laughs> those guys are Raimi crazy. <laughs> they are. They're, they grew up in that right sort of window. But well, it's great, it, like yeah. you said, to hear so much about Dune 2. You know, Carlos said it was great. Zeddy, Nico, like a lot of the people. Like, I'm hoping this isn't. Maybe I am hoping, I don't know, for the box office fantasy pool, that is, that this isn't another Flash thing where everyone sees it, everyone loves it through all these fan screenings and then no one goes and sees it. I doubt that's going to be the case. This is likely to be one of the biggest movies and one of the biggest sci-fi movies of maybe, I don't know about all time, but definitely within the last couple of years, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And if yeah. this gets that prequel greenlit or at least moved up. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the thing that with, with this one is it's not necessarily something that is the best movie. It's, it's one of the, the things that I look forward to with, with cinema when you get one of those movies that you have to watch on the big screen and it seems to be mm-hmm. one of those you know it's people say it's the experience of it yes you know it's not necessarily the story it might not be the performances while they are great it is actually just the experience of being absorbed and being taken into this world and seeing it like on an IMAX screen and I kind of got that from from the first Dune but you know I'm expecting that kind of feeling again you know like a Fury Road or a Avatar mm. or a Maverick or something that just like rings you in and you just like lose it man like you just the adrenaline's pumping and you really get that that kind of big emotional feeling from the movie and i think that's what this one's going to be and i think those movies do do really well with the fan screenings being so positive i can see a lot of people you know wanting to have that that experience and with the first movie being 
was available. A lot of people went to see that in the movie, in the cinema again. And, you know, it's available on a lot of streaming app, uh, apps and stuff. So I think most people will find it quite easy to watch that first one and then jump straight into this this mm-hmm. new experience. Yeah, I love that word experience when talking about film because I think this is something that we made a big list recently or Ian did about some of these kind of one-off topics that we can tackle maybe once a month, once every two months or what have you that just get us away from the news pieces of it. And one of the things that you had mentioned there was the best experiences. Because to me, there's a difference between movies that influenced you, movies that are your favorite, rewatchability, and then experiences. Like there's something really special about the movie going experience. And sometimes there's a particular film that brings you into that. And I often say, I've said it a million times on this podcast, is that the movies going to watch a film in a cinema, in a theater is one of the last places on earth that you go and do one thing, just one thing. We have a tendency to, you know, always have our phones out, listening to something, multitasking, all this stuff. But when you go to a movie theater, it's the last socially unacceptable place to have your phone out doing stuff on it. while something else is in progress. You sit down in a meeting, you know, you're not supposed to, but people are definitely flipping their phones at work when you're watching TV at home, when you're doing the dish, whatever you're doing, you're always, I think, multitasking. It's very rare, I think, to do just one single thing. And the movies is still that place. And that experience is is still preserved and important inside of that. And so I'm happy to hear that Dune 2 is potentially one of those experiences where it's not only the movie going experience, but it is an immersive experience a journey that you go on inside of the side of cinema and that really brings us to our topic this week because i think for both of us growing up the way we did connected to all these franchises like star wars and turtles and ghostbusters and all this we grew up a a very specific way and in a very specific time the 80s and 90s were a an awesome period to grow up in and there are some very very influential movies that we're going to talk about this week and specifically the movies that influenced us personally and just to reiterate that, it's movies that had some sort of profound effect on our life that can be marked as a nexus point for transitioning to something different. Maybe that's from adolescence to, adolescence to something bigger, whether that's a job, whether that's something that kind of really, I think you can point back at this movie, this experience and everything in and around it and say, in the absence of that, my life would be different. At least that's the way I've kind of approached that. And it might sound crazy at the onset when you think that a movie or an experience of like that can be life-changing, but at least the list I'm going to go through, all three of these movies had a profound effect on my life and the person and the position I am in today. And I can trace a lot of this back to these specific movies, at least being kind of catalysts or nucleating points for this personal change that I went through in the wake of watching these movies. So this is going to be like a real personal talk for me. And I'm excited to do yeah, yours, it. And your sounds a little with... bit, your sounds a little bit, uh, a little bit more, uh, yeah, influential than mine, I guess. But... I've thought a lot about this. Like, you know, you can, it's, you can kind of carve up your life in different ways. You can say, you know, this person influenced me, my mom and dad, you know, some experience, whether that was good or bad. Like there's all these ways that you can kind of dissect your life and say, these are the the moments, these are the peaks and valleys of my life. And these are the things that led me to this, whether, you know, it could have been a grandparent death could have been this. But I think at least for, for me, and I think for both of us, because we're so immersed and have always been so immersed in pop culture, in the nerd world, in these franchises, I think that has a lasting legacy on us. Like you look behind both of us, we're both sitting in these rooms filled with nostalgia and toys that I think for to a degree, we're going to see a lot of movies reflected in this discussion in those toys that are sitting behind us. And so some people don't have that. You and I have where we've surrounded ourselves with all of this stuff that is a reminder of those things that we love but it's also a reminder of the influence it had on us. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to recapture some sort of feeling. And sometimes that feeling materializes truly into something that is life-changing. And 
I know it sounds crazy and it sounds far-fetched, but let's get through this conversation. And once we get to the other side, you know, you guys out there listening can say like, Tim, you made all this up. This sounds crazy. Or maybe you'll have a moment to reflect back on experiences you had that maybe stem from a movie or a franchise or something like that, that you can kind of trace back and say, oh, I made a, a decision at this point in time that cascaded through the rest of my life and i really didn't think back on it so that's kind of what this this discussion is about it's about ian and i sharing that piece of it for us but also to help you guys kind of look back and maybe think a little bit about some of those significant moments and significant films in particular that influence the direction of of your life or decisions or anything like that so ian why don't we kick this one off we that's I think we kind of talked before and said we're going to go from basically the oldest movie or the movie that influenced us the most at a younger age and yeah. then walk through, you know, progressively. So I kind of have one when I was a child, one when I was a teen, and one when I was more as an adult. And okay. some of these might be predictable, but I think the knock-on effects are going to be the interesting piece of the story. So why do you kick us off, Ian? We potentially have the same movie here in this space i think but i think we're gonna have maybe potentially very different stories on how it influenced so kick us off we're gonna do top three i don't know if we said top that or two. not we're gonna okay. do three movies here yeah it's difficult i mean picking a top three is quite challenging because i guess there are movies as we said before there's, there's movies that you might consider your favorite movies there are movies that you've had experiences with um a lot of time for example i talk about movies like et uh, being the first mm. movie that i ever watched um, but talking about something that's influential, I kind of picked ones that have maybe had an impact on my life in the way that the direction of the things that became my hobbies or my interests. Mm -hmm. um, maybe the way that I view, you know, content and media and entertainment and how it changed the way I kind of take in that content. And um, and yeah, like, again, talking about our collectibles and our toys and the things that make us happy, I guess. Uh, so the first ones, are, are, I mean, the first one is like, the easiest pick for me um and it is probably the most impactful in terms of enjoyment and how it's changed my life and built brought me into a community and that's star wars oh um, we got different ones different different ones so i'll just oh say okay okay nice um and the reason why i, I picked star wars is because star wars <laughs> star wars is just something that it's hard to choose one movie i would say like the original trilogy maybe empire more so um but just star wars in general has affected my life in so many different ways and it, you can trace this back to my earliest memories you know with my dad loving star wars as well most the majority of my memories as a young child are star wars related wow you know, that's awesome <laughs> the things that such as i i vividly remember going to car boot sales and going to secondhand stores to look for specific star wars toys to look for starships um because Star Wars, you know originally came out before i was born just before i was born but it was just such a, a big impactful movie on my life because it was always there from the very start since i was i was born i was always surrounded by it it was something that was always a topic that we talk about i remember every christmas uh they'd screen star wars as a, a, as a on christmas day mm. and i'd look forward to christmas because i didn't have that vhs at that time and it was something that i could watch star wars on this day uh and that just had a knock-on effect throughout my life you know it was probably the first vhs i remember owning mm -hmm. um was the the remasters with the uh, the roger Castile empire poster on it the empire strikes back yes became my favorite you know cover of all time my favorite poster of all time inspired by gone by uh gone with the wind i absolutely love that and that's always been like an iconic image it's something i've always had on my wall somewhere um and then yeah i mean that just continued you know i remember when the remasters came out and me and my two friends we went to the cinema and watched all three movies in a row and i'd never done that before i'd never watched more than two movies in a day and i watched three in the cinema <laughs> um it also had an impact on the friends that i had you know there were the certain types of people you know that liked these movies or weren't afraid to be a little bit kind of nerdy and, and talk about these things and these were the the people i connected with the video games that i played uh and i played with other people with 
were Star Wars related games. Um, and then, yeah, continuing, of course, on to the, you know, the, the prequels with Phantom Menace being one of the, the biggest movies of my life. Just that whole the impact of you know, all the advertising and the hype of, of that movie coming out. So for me, like Star Wars is something that has really brought me into this whole culture because Star Wars within itself is its own culture and it's, it's yes. brought me friendships. <laughs> Uh, it's connected me to people. I mean, like, I wouldn't probably know you if it wasn't for Star mm-hmm. Wars, you know. Um, the first podcasts that I listened to, started listening to were Star Wars-related podcasts. Um, a lot of my friends here in Japan I've made, the Japanese friends, are because of Star Wars. People I've met through, you know, Star Wars events or through social media because of Star Wars. So Star Wars has been something that's, you know, it's connected my with me with my family. Um, made my friendship with my father closer. It's given me some of my best friends throughout my life, and it still continues to do so. Um, and it's just, you know, introduced me to so much entertainment and happiness through the TV shows, again, through the video games. Um, and, yeah, it's something that I'm I'm very thankful for. Like, you know, my life would be very, very different if it wasn't for Star Wars, and I probably wouldn't be... In the situation I am now, I, I wouldn't probably wouldn't even love movies as much as I do now if it mm-hmm. wasn't for Star Wars. So yeah, my first pick, man, Star Wars. That's a tough act to follow. Holy moly! Like once you got rolling there, there's a, there's a lot to unpack inside of of that <laughs> connection to Star Wars. Like I love two things that I love, like head and shoulders above what you said is one the relationship with your dad. Mm-hmm. because I think that that's that's very, very cool to have something like that to connect over. And two, this concept that Star Wars has always been there for you. It's been a constant throughout your life, whether it's a child and toys and waiting for it on Christmas, or if it's now, if it's the experience of podcasting and making friends and collecting toys and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's such a cool constant to have in your life that I think sometimes we would take for granted something like that. Just, ah, it's just a movie. It's just a franchise. It's just a thing. But you look in how you kind of strung that through your life and friendships and moving to different countries with people that don't speak the same language or at least your native language. And it there's a lot there, man. And I, I just love how you're so tethered to that because my story starts my story story starts later in life. Yeah. I don't have the same connection to it as a as a kid. I was a little bit older and we're gonna Spoiler, maybe talk about a little bit that in uh, in a few minutes. But moving on to my my number one is, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, this is probably no surprise, but it's Jurassic Park. Yeah. And I didn't see Jurassic Park in the theaters. I remember specifically my first time seeing it. My aunt and uncle had a big screen TV. They're first ones in our family to get a big screen TV. And they either bought or rented Jurassic Park. So that slipcover VHS that iconic. I have like three copies in, in this room here. And I remember her, my aunt coming up with it and being like, Oh, we got Jurassic park. And I was like nine years old at this time. And I remember vividly her saying, Oh, it's the split screen version. For those of you that remember TVs used to be square. And when you got split screen, you got two black bars on top and bottom. That, that doesn't sound uh, like that. Okay. That's you get right, full yeah. screen. That's and right. so that's what they referred to as split screen. It's actually widescreen is, I think, correct terminology. But my family always called it split screen. So we wa- and my cousin said, oh, does that mean? I thought it was like vertical split screen and it was going to be weird. Well, like Anyways. in games, game split screen was always like, yeah, you, you yeah. kind of play co-op. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, that's what, what I thought. Watching? And I, it was, <laughs> I was very confused by it at that time. But like, that's how much it sticks out in my head. I remember conversations that were had around the movie. Yeah. And watch this movie. It would have been 94. Blew my brain apart absolutely wild and i was always a big dinosaur kid i always had the books and i had dinosaur toys and i just always was fascinated by the look the size the fact that they didn't exist anymore like this like i never even questioned that like i never questioned any i just dinosaurs are here now they're not meteor bloom and i just always loved it i saw jurassic park and i was like that's that's what i want to do when i get older i want to be alan grant and I wrote a journal entry when I was back home over the summer 
my mom and I were going back through some old stuff I had and pictures and all this. And I was trying to find old Christmas pictures and all this stuff so I could see what toys I got those particular years. But I stumbled across this journal entry from 1994 as a kid. And inside of it, I wrote, I want to be a fossil geologist, 1994. And as we sit here and speak amongst many other things, I am been in a career, 16 year career now as a geologist. Like that's what I do for a living and have done for 16 years and, and continue to do. I've never said that on this podcast, but that's what I do for a living. And I've always been connected to that piece of it or to geology through fossils. And there's a bigger story behind exactly why I ended up where I am, but I still, to this day, credit my career but my career took me in a very or to a very specific place, moving from where I grew up across the country, across Canada, to the city of Calgary here, because of the industry I work in is is based here in Canada. And this is where I met my wife. And we eventually had kids and have a life together and all this stuff, all because I saw a movie in 1993. Like, yes, of course, there's other decisions that factored into this, but ultimately coming back to it. I saw this movie. I decided right then and there, 94, I was nine years old, what I wanted to do when I grew up, not exactly knowing what it would evolve to, but that kind of cascaded into everything that I love and cherish now with wow. my wife and my my kids. It's it's this weird connection, and I've always been so thankful for, for that movie and that experience because it's given me everything to a degree of what I have today. And I have all my original toys behind me, that was for what you were for Star Wars for playing and toys and all that kind of stuff and Christmases. That's what Jurassic Park was for me. Yeah, going through that that era of getting the toys and that's what I, you know, when you play super hard as an action figure guy from like eight nine through to you know when you start to say maybe I'm, I'm I got to get out of this a little bit because I'm getting old. Like that's it was Jurassic Park for me. It wasn't Star Wars, wasn't Turtles, wasn't Ghostbusters. Those are earlier in life. It was Jurassic Park. That underscored and is like my biggest memory of of childhood toys and all that. And so there's all these different avenues, but ultimately I, I kind of credit Jurassic Park with giving me the life that I have today to a degree. Wow, and that's amazing. So that's why Jurassic Park is it's one of those influential movies or it's probably the most influential movie of my entire life. Well, that, that explains a lot because, you know, I, I know that you're a big Jurassic Park guy and I know that you collect toy toys, but I didn't realize it had that much of a, an, an impact, like <laughs> change your life completely. I, I remember you saying to me before in a message or something, it was something like you said about Jurassic Park made you choose your career or something. And I'm like, does he, is he like a dinosaur hunter? Is he like a paleontologist, <laughs> like getting bones and stuff? And then you told me, um, what it was and I thought that that was amazing in itself um, but just knowing how it also influenced you know the place that you live um, mm-hmm. and, and of course the person that you you fell in love with and you ended up with um, I think is 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 quite incredible and yeah like I, I'd like to have a story like that where I was that kind of ambitious and inspired by a movie to to lead me to a certain place Um because I think that's that's a, a kind of inc- that's an incredible story because it comes from something very positive. It comes from something mm. that, you know, was a highlight of of your childhood, um, and it's something that you can always trace back and someone that's that's kind of paved paved uh, the the life the happy life that you that you have now. So I think that's a really nice a nice story. Yeah. 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 One day I'll, I there's a couple of podcasts that I've done recently where I get a little bit more into detail as to exactly why i'm not a paleontologist and why i chose kind of geology but now that just comes down to good financial sense and quality of life <laughs> well, and yeah, maybe, kind of stuff. maybe find, finding finding oil is a little easier than finding dinosaur bones. well that's it <laughs> yeah and it's a lot, lot 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 more profitable and a lot less lonely and dirty <laughs> yeah. but yeah so that that's kind of that's my number one story as we get more and more personal here. But this is where this is where maybe it gets interesting is kind of this this middle ground for me. So like like I said, I went from childhood, my next one's in adolescence. Like what's you've kind of explained it really influential in childhood right through to adult life. What's what's your number two here? 
Yeah, number two, I guess it's still kind of childhood. It's just a little bit older. And it's it's not something that was as impactful as Star Wars. Um, it's not something that was kind of like life-changing for me. Um, but it, again, has certain similar ties in terms of the relationships um, and the, the, the my way of thinking as well. Um, and yeah, again, it's, it's something quite nerdy, but it's Batman 1989. Yes. Um, yes. For me. And the reason for that is, you know, as a, as a kid, like I, I've got pictures of me in a Christopher Reeve Superman costume. I used to love Superman, but for me, my life, Batman was a bit of a game changer. Uh, you know, when that, that movie came out, he was a very different version of a superhero. You know, he didn't have superpowers. Um, mm -hmm. I'm quite short and I was short as a kid. And, you know, Michael Keaton's not a big Batman. He's a short dude. And it was just something like seeing this ordinary <laughs> little guy be Batman, you know, really did inspire me as a kid. And it's something that I really oh, became cool. very kind of connected to. Um, he was a slightly darker hero. He, you know, he had flaws, unlike a Superman. And, man, I just jumped into that whole, that whole Tim Burton Batman world at that time it was the time when i first started thinking about collecting you know before that it was all about toys but that movie really got me into like tops cards and collecting different things like mm -hmm. newspaper cutouts or you know different collectibles or posters and everything batman i just needed it is the, the you know it kind of changed my mindset you know to i got really attached to something and i fell in love with something so much that I kind of surrounded my life with it and I wanted to kind of collect things. I wanted to complete the card set and I wanted to, and again, it brings back such great memories. Again, going back to, to my dad, I, you know, my, every Sunday we'd go swimming and after swimming, he'd take me to the news agent, the convenience store, and we'd buy a pack of the tops cards. And it, again, it's a very vivid memory. It's something I just can't ever forget. It was just like that. I loved, I hated swimming because I was rubbish at it, but I loved going swimming <laughs> because I knew that I was going to get these Batman top cards. Um, and then again, there was all the, the toys uh, that, that surrounded it. The music as well. Like, you know, Star Wars has iconic music, but I think at that stage in my life, I never really thought about music. It wasn't something that I put headphones on and listened to, but mm -hmm. the Batman theme became something new to me like it made me start thinking a little bit more about movies even as a young child you know i i wanted to listen to music from movies um and i remember sitting there with my dad's absolutely huge ridiculous hi-fi system you know with a big jack plug <laughs> and plugging in the headphones yeah. listening to to danny elfman the the, the theme and yeah you know it just became a, a big thing for me and clearly it's something that stuck because Batman then continued to be my favorite superhero and my favorite character mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, I, there's other heroes I like. I, of course, I love Spider-Man, as a lot of people know, but Batman was just that that kind of constant, always liked Batman content. You know, with Spider-Man, I took some breaks in it. Batman was something that was always there for me and something I always continued to collect um, you know, my Hot Toys, like any time a Batman Hot Toys comes out, I, I have to get it. Uh, I've got Batman all over the place. I've got the McFarlane's here. Comic books, you know, even these days, the comics that I read all the time that I always go to are, you know, Batman comics. You know, I have to read Detective Comics mm. and I have to read uh, World's Finest. So, yeah, again, it kind of made me into a bit of an, a bit more of a nerd. You know, it made me look at different look at heroes differently look at stories differently uh look at movies differently uh and it kind of shaped in a way a lot of the entertainment that that i like these days um so yeah mm -hmm. i think for me again it's another influential movie in terms of the way i think about things the way i approach entertainment um and yeah you know the the type of heroes that that i, I think are interesting the kind of characters that i that i like to follow so yeah mm -hmm. yeah man i love that like batman 89 that was the first superhero movie i ever watched with my dad and my dad's not a superhero guy 
and he loved that movie. Like I still have the VHS up behind me here of the one that him and I watched. I took it from home this past summer. <laughs> Actually, I just said, I'm keeping this. This is important to me. And I, I love that you had that experience of going from a toy collector to, or a toy, someone that's playing with toys to a collector. I think that's, that's a really cool thing. And also seeing yourself reflected in a hero. And like, this is a concept that I've learned a lot about having two daughters that the importance of seeing yourself on the big screen and why I appreciate now the, the vast amount of diversity and inclusion that we have in films now, because as a kid growing up, I never experienced not seeing myself or like I could, I could kind of get that. And you having this experience with like, even just stature and be like, okay, this guy isn't humongous. This guy isn't jacked up. And you know what I mean? Like, I think that's really cool that, that yeah, that, I've never I, kind of saw like yourself it, and related it through that way. It wasn't through the cowl; it was through the person that was in the suit. Yeah, and it's it's strange because I'd never really thought about it until you actually, you know, presented me with with this this talk, you know, with this uh, this topic. Because you know, I'm the same. You know, I have two daughters, and I'm I feel the same way. Like I look at certain movies that they watch and certain things that are going on, and how they can influence them. You know, they went to see when they went to see um, Across the Spider Verse. And how connected they became to someone like Gwen. It's like, wow, it's really lucky mm-hmm. that we we live in a time where you know we do have these really great um, heroes that are. We do have this diversity. You have people of different ethnicities and, and different genders. Um, I think that's very important. It just makes me wonder. You know, my my dad was really big into into that movie, but did he ever think at that point in time? Because it is a slightly darker mm-hmm. movie. Um, you know, did he ever think at that point, is this something that, did he ever see that connection that I, I made uh, at that, that age? Because it wasn't something that I, you know, explicitly thought about. But now when I think yeah. back, I think, wow, actually, you know, I did make those connections. You know, I did have that connection with Michael Keaton as a Bruce Wayne because of who I am myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that's that, what's man. good to have these discussions, so cool. man. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's what I say in the story. You might laugh about the concept of what we're discussing here, but when you take a moment to reflect on it, there's a lot that you can kind of dig up. And I, I, I just love pieces of this because, you know, as I go into my number two here, we're going to talk about my Star Wars experience. Like, like I said, it starts a little bit later in life and Yes, the OT, the special editions, like that's when I discovered Star Wars. So around that like 97 time frame. But it was Phantom Menace when I think my true love for Star Wars really began. And it was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters properly. I was there opening day. It was the first movie I had ever bought tickets for in advance and asked my parents, like, we have to go buy tickets I have to see this opening weekend. I was following the trailers, the action figures. But I think like the most influential piece of it, other than this constant theme of Star Wars, again, similar to you, always being present for me, but from a little bit later on in life, I think, and I was 14 when Phantom Menace came out, so 99. I think this is the point in time when I realized that you don't have to grow up. Where, you know, out of, as a 14-year-old, you're on that brink, right? Where girls and sports and appearance and all this stuff starts to really matter. You know, as you're getting into, I was getting into like early high school there, I guess. And, you know, you're questioning in this era. Like I remember going back to, to 97 and The Lost World, my parents buying me these, this, the Jurassic Park toys and saying to me explicitly, if you feel like you're too old for these at 12, then we can take we can take them back. And I said, absolutely not. But I'm two years later here, and I still have that conversation running through my head. And here I'm at Phantom Menace. But I experienced that, and I love Phantom Menace. And even to this day, it's like I have like a whole detail full of Phantom Menace figures and memorabilia and all this stuff because it's had it had that profound effect to me when I decided, like Peter Pan, I'm I'm just not gonna grow up. <laughs> and I'm gonna continue to enjoy this stuff embrace it i'm going to collect action figures and i have ever star wars action figures ever since then is is really because of phantom menace even into like 2005 going forward into like the prequel stuff revenge of the sith comes out 
I'm in second year university. I'm buying action figures and displaying them in my university room. Like that's like I had shelves up and posters and all this stuff. Like you're not like conventionally. So you were single, not... single for university? Parts of it. <laughs> 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 but but I, I kind of just said F it from from that that 14 year old i said like i don't i i I do not care because i loved this experience so much i love being part of something like star wars and this idea that i was now from 99 to 2005 i was going to be able to be a part of a a trilogy release and we were back in this universe we were seeing the origins of it all but like even to this day i've refused like you to truly grow up in like the sense where it's about you know, you know, no more toys and we have to be focused on getting this and that and the other thing. Like we did all that stuff, but we still made time for the, these, this passion of ours. And it was in that same time frame. And I like, I'll go back to like Phantom Menace in, influencing me up to 2005. Not only was I buying Revenge of the Sith figures, that's when I went back and rebought a lot of Jurassic Park stuff too. And like all the inbox figures, the big red T-Rex, like pieces that I was missing that I didn't have as a kid. I went back yeah. and rebought all that stuff. I remember a buddy coming in and even I bought vintage figures then. I remember a buddy coming in and opening a box, a shoe box that was full of vintage stars figures. And he said, what is this? And I was like, this, that's my thing, man. Just just leave it. And <laughs> I point back at Phantom Menace as being like that, that nucleating point where I said, nope. Uh, I'm 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 not this is not a phase for me this is who I am and how I'm going to present myself going forward and like I wasn't always like yeah this is exactly but to a degree I just never let go of specifically toys and embracing that environment after the Phantom Menace you know 14 I thought I was supposed to that movie changed that and I said ah ah not happening (laughs) Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting one because, like, I know again, like you, you had the the power of the force toys. Um, I did, and like you know, for for me, like I never grew up with those toys because I was a little bit older. I am a couple of years older than you, and you know, at that kind of sixteen, seventeen um, year old age, uh, I guess I kind of had a very similar experience to you. Like, I didn't, I wasn't invested in any of the the toys and stuff and the collectibles at that time. Um, for me, it was that that transition you talk about actually went from my Batman to the Jurassic Park. You know, I had that kind of similar thing where I started to collect the Jurassic Park uh, mm-hmm. cards and stuff in the same way. And then I wanted to go back and pick up some of the old Batman stuff and finish some things, um, even yes. though there's quite a big a big time jump. So I do have that that similar connection. Um, but yeah, Phantom Ace, that's that's really interesting to hear that because I think one great thing that I always loved about Star Wars is that you know, even if you want to hide that you're a bit of a geek, a bit of a nerd, mm-hmm. Star Wars, there's always this thing with Star Wars where it's okay. Star Wars is okay yes. to like. You know, yeah, it's always yeah. like, if you love Star Wars, you you don't, like, people don't say, ah, oh, you, 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 you nerd, you geek or whatever, because it's something that's a bit more universally loved. Like, now it transcends, like, yeah, like the pop culture, like Star Wars almost, yeah. like you're saying. Like, most of the people that I've met in the last like 10 years, like I, I became like when I moved out here and all this kind of stuff, going back to like the, the other part of the story, I, I quickly became like the star Wars guy. Yeah. Like, or the guy that was like, like was into the universe and kind of got it and all this. And when people found that out, there's guys that were like, yo, Tim, I'm also into star Wars. Like, yeah. let's talk about, I'd love to talk. And like, they just never had someone to yeah. talk to about star Wars. And I became this like beacon of hope for them because they got to like express to the point where when I think it was Force Awakens, I bought like 20 plus seats to the first showing of Force Awakens because all these people that came from the periphery and from out like they wanted to experience Star Wars. Like it was just like like people that and, and still to this day, like I get text messages, random text messages from friends that are like, oh, did you watch Andor? Like, what do you think of Andor? Or we go to like a kid's birthday party. So it's like, it all kind of stems for there. But it's like, like you said before, it's like this thread that like people just latch onto and enjoy. And then it just, it's 
always been so much bigger than than everything yeah, else inside of pop culture. Like bigger than like Star Trek has you know this huge history into it, but Star Trek is always kind of seen as like eh, it's a little a little geekier, a little nerdier. But Star Wars has always just been. I think it's like I said, it's always transcended that what once was a negative connotation around the pop culture world. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's funny you say that because like I've I have those experiences. I have them all the time in Japan. Yeah. I have become the Star Wars guy. Like in my especially <laughs> in my my previous job, I was the Star Wars guy. And anytime any Star Wars conversation came up, people would come to me. Um, I had a job just a few weeks ago, and it was uh, this side gig, but everyone knows that I like Star Wars. Uh, and one of the this uh, one of the the employees came to me and started talking to me about Star Wars, um, calling me the Star Wars guy. But the other teacher, this other guy that was with us, this, you know, he, I also, also know he likes Star Wars, but he never kind of just tells anyone. He never talks about it. And then he just said to her, like, look at my shoes. And we both looked down. And he's wearing some like Star Wars vans with like Han Solo on, printed awesome. on them. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And then afterwards, he told me he wore them because he knew I was going to be working on that gig. And it's like, you know, it's it's that same so kind of cool. thing. You know, these people have this hidden feeling, or they they feel sometimes that they don't want to express it, or it's something they, they keep to themselves. They don't have to talk about it, um, but it's it's there, and it's something that kind of exists in a lot of people. And it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's really it's again, it's influential. It's inspiring to hear that experience that you had mm-hmm. um, from from Phantom Menace. Uh, because it was, yeah, again, very similar. You know, that's one great thing that came out at that time was that I was at that age where I wasn't going out and talking about things that I loved about movies and geeky stuff. Um, and then everybody just fell into this hype of Phantom Menace. And it gave me that doorway yeah. to open and just say, oh, I love Star Wars and just like talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm it's here. <laughs> it's like even university, I had a similar thing. I was in a relationship and I never used to tell, like I used to work for the, you know, fashion shop and try and act cool and stuff and then you know i had a, mm-hmm. a relationship and it's probably after like the first year and i think my girlfriend kind of realized and then she just started buying me star wars stuff and i started putting up figurines and statues that she bought me like a boba fett statue my room just started to steadily turn into a nerd room and that was probably <laughs> that's my first experience of of a nerd room because of that that kind of experience that again mm-hmm. brought on from from star wars and other people accepting that star wars can be loved by everybody like it's not something that you need yeah. to kind of keep secret well it's funny you said because i asked my wife literally the other day i said when did i tell you that i was like when did you find out and she said i knew from the beginning like the room like when i moved out here i lived with a bunch of people that she was friends with just like as soon as i walked into your room like and she was very similar to, to that where like she just for christmas and birthday she would just buy me like really cool nerdy shit like giant star wars posters and figures and pops and all this kind of stuff like always just embraced it you know like it's yeah it's... but again it's, i think also sometimes people don't realize you know sometimes my friends make fun of me because they love football and i'm not a big football mm-hmm. guy um and they kind of make a little joke sometimes or like they invite me or you know do you really want to come see football and you know it's just a joke but their passion for that sport can be Seen as exactly the same as having a passion for it's exact a, a movie. Same. It's like exact same. It's like I, even on that podcast with when you were with your wife and it's great. She made she made a little joke or said something about you being a nerd or something or made fun of you. And I was just thinking to myself, does she know that she's a nerd too? The way that she talks yeah. about Wicked, she's a yes. Wicked nerd. Like it's no different. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the way you talk about Marvel is the way that she talks about Wicked. And it's, it was really that's why I really enjoyed that episode because again you got to see a different perspective and someone nerding out about something different, something that they, they love that yeah. isn't your kind of Star Wars or your Marvel or your DC and so on. So yeah. Yeah, man. Cool story. I absolutely love it. All right, man. Well, this is I guess the last one for each of us. So let's let's hear it, man. Let's hear your well, the, I guess the the most influential, most recent movie, I guess. Yeah, it's mine. Is it's not actually that recent, but when I saw it, it was I was, I guess, a little bit older. It probably was around the same time as as Phantom Menace. I saw it. Um, it was hard for me to pick this one because there are some things that have had impact, uh, such as say, for example, um, like Lost in Translation, had an impact on me in terms of where I live. 
like you had with the Jurassic Park. Oh, you know, I watched that movie and I, I, I already had this kind of thing that about wanting to go to Tokyo. And after seeing that movie, I was like, oh man, like, this is where I want to be. This is one I want to visit. <laughs> you know, this is somewhere I'd like to spend some time. Uh, and it had an impact like that, but it didn't really change my way of thinking, I guess, to the degree in terms of entertainment. So the movie I'm going to pick might be an unusual one, one you might not expect. It also has a bit of a controversial, problematic director and lead actor. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know whether to choose it. Um, it's a Brian Singer movie. And it's Usual Suspects. Okay. Okay, okay. I, let's hear the story behind this. I'm interested where this is going to go. I love now that the movie. Re- the reason why it's Usual Suspects is I can't think of a film that I've watched and then finished and made me totally change my outlook on movies and entertainment in a way that like, I wanted to learn more about, for example, how movies are made and how to... You know the the different aspects oh, that you. make up a great movie. Um, I was I was probably like in my late teens when I f- first saw that movie, and I remember it was my dad's friend gave us a VHS of that movie, and I was at home alone and just put it on and watched it, and my mind was absolutely blown. Like, not just from the twist that that, that that's at the end of the movie, which is my probably my favorite of all time as a twist in a movie. Um, but there was just something about that movie that just made me fall in love with cinema itself. You know, not the characters in a way, you know, not the how it looks in a way, the actual quality of cinema. Like that movie made me start to think about, wow, what makes a good movie? You know, how movies could be written in a way that makes them truly special. Um, you know, in, in the 90s at that time, I was probably watching mo- mainly like, you know, action movies. It was kind of Independence Day, we had Jurassic mm-hmm. Park, Men in Black, you know, Nicolas Cage movies. And yes. for me, they're great. <laughs> but Usual Sex Suspects was where it kind of changed for me. It's where I started to visit other types of movies, movies that are a little bit more clever or, you know, well-written Um more kind of indie movies. I started to look into different stuff. And that's when I started to watch movies such as like The Godfather, you know, mm. or Al Pacino movies, or started to watch movies that aren't typically loved by people or not such big box office movies. Um, it made me start to kind of really appreciate cinema in a slightly more kind of objective way, like dissecting it and look about the music and the score and the writing and the acting and the directing and the cinematography. Um, So for me, like that movie just had something that kind of flicked a switch in my brain and changed the way that I, I then continued to take in cinema, like the kind of movies that Mm -hmm. I started to watch. You know, I don't think I would be so into watching movies at, the stage I am now if it wasn't for that movie like I mean something else might have come along but I think that was the one movie that definitely influenced my movie watching habits you know I think the reason why for example like a Denis Villeneuve or a Chris, um, Christopher Nolan movie now are some of my favorite movies is probably because of the usual suspects um, so for me like I think I wouldn't be as invested in cinema as I am now if it wasn't for mm-hmm. that movie. Yeah. And it's sometimes hard because, you know, people talk about, like, I mean, crap stuff happens. Actors do stupid stuff these days. Stuff comes out. And it's, it gets hard when people, you see some of your, your favorite actors and, and creators do, do things that are a little problematic. Um, and this is where, like, I have to really separate artist from from the art because, yes, because yes, you know, I can't throw away something that is that important to me as as that movie. It's something that I revisit every every year, um, because it did definitely open my mind to the broader world of, of cinema for sure. 
And I like, and I wonder too, like when I when I hear you talk about that, like the first thing in my mind goes to is it opened your mind to a different way of thinking. And like, how does that cascade out into the rest of your life? Like, do do you look? Did you look start looking at art differently? Did you start looking at conversations differently? Like TV shows differently? Like, like you're. It almost sounds like as you're going through it, you're starting to like look at something more of like the sum of its parts as opposed to it just being like this flashy thing on screen that kind of comes and goes is that you're kind of looking and breaking this down even more and you're seeing kind of more the nuances of stuff and you're appreciating what's happening in the background what's happening in the foreground what's happening like i think that's like a really cool pivot point where you can kind of like pinpoint that down to a movie where you started to like you know arguably critically think more as well like yeah, as, as and a it could have. I mean, like that was that was probably the age where I did start to choose my certain direction of like I was. I mean, I studied design. I dropped everything else and I became like a, a designer, um, and which yeah, of course, requires some kind of critical thinking. I'm not saying that that movie had that effect, but you know, at that time, maybe me just being a little bit more open minded about things and being mm. more critical of things and me, you know, dissecting certain things might have pushed me in that direction because prior to that point you know i was into very different things and i did start to move towards that you know i often think back and wondered why i never studied the film and it just never seemed like something that was kind of uh, available to me at the time i think if i went mm. back in time i would have probably jumped into something like that because it, it would have probably interested me more um but yeah like even even in terms of entertainment like you know uh, all my friends and like movies but i don't think anybody is as kind of critical about most like i talk about movies to my dad and my dad often says to me like <laughs> i'll say something and he said oh that's like i was talking about true detective and he's like that's that's the nerd in you like you just overthink that like, you think too much about these things it's like <laughs> but like that's that's the best part of it that it's like you know it's I, so good I'll, I want to think deeper. I want to look at this. What does that mean? You know, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. How does that connect? Um, and most people don't, don't have that. They'll, they don't have, they don't, it's not that they don't have that ability. They don't want to do that. You know, they just mm-hmm. watch it and, and enjoy it for what it is. Um, but yeah, I, again, like I wouldn't be on a podcast with you. I wouldn't be friends with the people yeah. on, on X. And so if I wasn't someone who was so invested in, cinema and entertainment um and yeah like some of you know again some of the happiest moments i have in the in the past like you talking about cinema being an experience some of the happiest moments i've had of being in a cinema or sitting in front of a movie and experiencing mm-hmm. that um and i think certain movies can unlock that for you you know it can yes. make you realize that cinema can bring you in and you can experience it and become immersed in it uh, and yeah, for some reason, Usual Suspects, it came around at the right time. And that was that was the movie for me. Awesome. Awesome, man. Man, this has been one of my favorite records that we've done in a long time. I always love recording, but this is just kind of going on a deeper level. And I'm going to I'm going to finish this, this one off with a more recent movie. And it's it's pro- it's maybe expected, but maybe unexpected. But it's Captain America, the first Avenger. Wow, back okay. to 2011 this came out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was 26 when this came out. Um, but the big thing for me on this one specifically, and like I love this movie. I love that it's a period piece. Captain America was solidified as like my guy coming out of this movie. But this is literally like growing up, I did like I watched Spider-Man and X-Men, but I had no, I didn't ne- never, never got comic books. I was never really tethered to Marvel or DC outside of Batman and Spider-Man mm. and X-Men. Like that was it. It was just TV shows and the odd movie. Like even when Spider-Man came out in in the theaters in like the 2000s and all that. Like I remember going to see the first X-Men and liking it, but it it never had the profound effect on me those franchises as like Jurassic Park or Star Wars or Ghostbusters or TMNT or anything like that. For some reason, I was just never into that stuff until yeah. the MCU and really Captain America: The First Avenger. That is my entry point into Marvel in a substantial way. It's when that year is when I started collecting comic books because of the MCU. I went and saw The First Avenger with my wife. 
I think she was my girlfriend at the time. We went and saw it. That was like, and my head just like similar to these other movies. I was just like, and like all the references and the end credit scene and that where he shows up and then they show the trailer for Avengers and see all these characters and it just it really blew my mind and mm. that's why I'm a such a big MCU fanboy. But also, and maybe more profoundly, because I got into comic books, that's how I met Sanjay. And that's why this podcast started, was because of that movie giving me a path into Marvel, giving me a pathway into comic books, him and I connecting and becoming friends through comic book reading and collecting. We used to walk to our local comic book shop every single Wednesday at lunchtime. It was like a 20-minute walk there, 20-minute walk back. We'd get our weekly pulls. We'd peruse through the figures and all this kind of stuff. And we'd literally walk back and forth through that time for an hour and just talk about comic books and Marvel, DC, all this stuff. And then we eventually decided a few years later to drop a microphone in front of us and start the nerd room. And so the first Avenger is not only the starting point of my marvel fandom my mcu super fandom but it is also probably one of the reasons that the nerd room exists today and why i'm on this like wild path into this new venture of pod summits and why i've been doing podcasting for so long and why i continue to be so invested in the mcu is because of captain america the first avenger like to the point where when i got married my wife bought me for like our wedding present. Like I bought her a nice diamond necklace. She brought me Avengers number one. And that was like her wedding present to me. And it's like a lot of my friends love the MCU, but they were never into Marvel. And I was very late to, to Marvel, the Marvel game, but it was through Captain America, the first Avenger, man. Like that's, and I, I credit that movie with, like I said, with kind of all the stuff that's happened inside of podcasting for me, you know, combine up with star Wars, of course, but it was the comic books that came out of, um, Captain of the first, first adventure. I remember the first comic book I ever bought was, uh, you remember the series Avengers vs X-Men? Yeah. Like at the event, it was the preludes to that called X sanction. It was like, um, just like a four issue run that led into that. Like I remember specifically going and buying that not too long after seeing Captain America, the first Avenger, like, I think that came out at the end of 2011. So it was a few months out. But then I got into like vintage comic book collecting and going to places and Sanjay and I digging through bins of comic books and all this craziness. But that is the, that's the starting point for the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. I would never have expected you to pick that. I, I mean, I know how much movie and the character means to you and how much the MCU means to you. But yeah, I, I was not expecting that to be <laughs> such a game changer, especially meeting Sanjay being the most important moment of your life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the most important moment of life. But it definitely led to, like, it literally in some way, like, you know, as we talk about this, like, there's, of course, there's other things, other factors, other influences and elements that have influenced along these journeys. But it definitely was the point when I was like, yes, I, I'm going to get into comic books. I'm going to read. I'm going to buy cool. trade paperbacks. I'm going to buy all this. And, that like Sanjay and I met through a mutual friend that literally said, you like comic books and you like comic books. You guys should talk. And we're at a party. And then we just, it just kind of That's went nice. from there. And Sanjay is the creation of the nerd room. Yeah. Of the nerd room. Like, yeah, Sanjay, like Sanjay, I didn't even listen to podcasts. Sanjay was the person who was like, Hey, I listened to Kevin Smith. And he said, everyone should be podcasting. Do you want to jump on this microphone? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why the hell not? This sounds fun. And off we went, but that was wow. all. That all kind of came about after watching and experiencing the first Avenger. Wow, yeah, that's that's it's a really that's an interesting one because I think first Avenger was kind of a weird one for me because the kind of time it was introduced, it, it never hit as much. You know, it, I think kind of superhero movies were going taking a kind of you know, they peaked and then dropped all the time. You'd have like a mm-hmm. Spider Man. Um, Raimi Spider-Man and everyone was back on the, the superhero game and then then it kind of dropped and then we had a, the Batman Begins and Dark Knight and Batman was back and then things kind of dropped off. Yeah. X-Men had its ups and had its downs. Um, and yeah, I guess the introduction of the MCU with, of course, Iron Man and, and uh, 
Captain America was that kind of pivotal change where it just became a constant yes. with superhero movies being a big part of everybody's life and uh, something that you'd always have there. You always know you were going to get a really good mm-hmm. or some kind of superhero movie every single year from then on. Um, so I think, it, I mean, I'm pretty sure it had a big impact on, on a lot of people's lives in terms of um, entertainment. And yeah, I think MCU, the, like the Marvel stuff is very similar to, it's become like the new Star Wars in a way. You know, yes. everybody will rush to go to see, especially in its peak days, you know, people would go and rush to see these movies in the movie theaters. And these aren't the typical people you'd see wearing a Spider-Man or... Mm. you know a wolverine t-shirt or something um these aren't people who go around and put posters and collect action figures and stuff like we do but these people still were really invested in this this story um yes. and this franchise and it was you know you could openly say i can't wait to go and see endgame and no one's going to point their finger at you and go ah look at you you, you yeah. know it's it became yeah, they, were, they were saying what 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 time are you going Oh shit! Yeah. You got tickets before me. Like, how did that happen? Yeah, how'd you get? How'd you get into a four o'clock showing? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the that's a, a great thing that the MCU has done. You know, mm. it's definitely changed a lot of people's way of thinking as well in terms of what kind of movies they like and what they want to see. Um, so I can I can see it having a, a big influence on on a lot of people. But yeah, yeah it's, that's really interesting. That first first Avenger was was yours. I think the first one. I mean, I saw. Iron Man. I remember seeing it with my wife. It was my girlfriend at the time and we were traveling. I think we were in like Cambodia or something. And I, there was no cinema, but this guy gave us like a pirated disc. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then we remember it. There's like this, this guy who had like a room with just loads of pillows and a big projector in there. And you could like rent it for however much time. Man, like, I don't know what stuff went on in that room. Like, you can probably guess. About it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I watched it with my wife. I think that's the first, I think that's the first time we watched it. And again, it's a, it's a kind of very, you know, clear moment in, in my head of experiencing that. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I would never have thought, you know, the impact of that and then first adventure would lead to, to what it's become now. Yeah, it's um, crazy. But yeah, for you to, to choose that one as as the starting point is is interesting and it makes a lot of sense it, you know yeah. definitely again with the the things that you collect as you said you're present um when you got married mm-hmm. and stuff it's th- that makes a lot more sense to me now and i understand why you know people might refer to you as the the captain america and stuff because yeah. that's that's the influence just... the impact of that movie you know when you look when you reflect back on these this discussion and you know when we kind of threw this out there and it's like you're thinking through and you know i immediately was like okay i probably have to have ghostbusters on here and this and you know you think about other movies et and all that i'm like no like these are movies that fundamentally change something in my life and you know people all day will say well cap they don't like the first avenger or it's nowhere near the best mcu movie or it's nowhere near the best comic book movie but that's not what this was about. This is about pivotal movies in our lives that led to some sort of measurable impact on what we do. Now, whether it's you watching usual suspects and having this experience where your mind opens up to something completely different. And I think ultimately cascades into like a much different way of looking at the world, or if it's me having this experience and eventually leading to this very discussion inside of the nerd room, these, these movies arguably are all, super influential that we've talked about and i'm sure there's more and you know this has been one of my favorite discussions we've had in a long time man like i've thoroughly enjoyed this digging a little deeper getting a little personal here in the room it's been a lot of fun but uh i think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to call it there for the week and you guys listening out there if you have experiences with movies on the influential end of the discussion let us know instagram twitter a little bit ian's definitely on twitter i'm there sometimes but just let us know like what and tell us the story like i'd love to hear other people's stories because i think as you reflect and as you think you're gonna be like oh yes i definitely have a story that is connected to some movie to something in my life and 
I think it's really cool to kind of dissect and, and learn about those things. So let us know. Tag yeah, us I'm those. gonna start. I'm gonna ask people about it because it's it's yeah. definitely interesting. Because I honestly thought I knew what your picks were, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I, when you first, I thought you would have for sure said ET. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. But then again, like ET is something that kind of was my first movie. It's maybe one of my favorite movies, and mm. of course, it's this movie I have an emotional connection to. But did it have an influence? And when you got, when you, you know put that idea to toward me like i was like wow what movies actually influenced mm-hmm. changes in my life you know something as small as i said before something as small as lost in translation might have been the reason why i am in japan and why i'm married yeah. to my wife and why i have kids like, <laughs> which is crazy like, to think about. maybe i should have picked that one I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know but like when you actually think about it like wow dude these 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 movies this entertainment can have that effect and like mm-hmm. there are people you know, some of our biggest listeners, people I talk to all the time on, on Twitter, like like Stu Stubaka, like I know exactly what movies he loves. I know what his favorite movies are. Um, but yeah, I'm going to ask. I want to know what his most mm-hmm. influential movies are. I want to know what Sanjay's are because I know they're going to be some wacky ones. Like I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> what I couldn't even begin to couldn't even begin to guess, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I'd love to I'd... know because I bet, bet there are some interesting stories because that yeah. guy's got the craziest physical collection i've ever seen and there yeah. must have been something that that influenced that so yeah yeah there's it's there. let us know so, yeah let us know this has been awesome and absolute pleasure and as always and we thank you guys coming back every single week here and joining us talking all things stars marvel dc and beyond we had a little bit of that beyond today which uh like i said before we're going to integrate these style of episodes periodically through just to kind of break things up give ourselves a break and also give you guys something a little bit different to digest on a week-to-week basis but with all of that being said for the nerd room i'm tim and i'm ian thank you so much for entering the nerd room